Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Good morning. That was a delayed response now. Come on. Too much coffee. Hey, can we celebrate again? Nine people today. Let's celebrate with all these being baptized. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. That is why we get to do what we get to do. It's watching God and being a part of God changing all of our lives. But uh, we welcome you today. Thanks for being with us, especially if you're a first-time person here or online. We welcome you. Uh, I'm Pastor Dan, founding pastor here uh, with my wife on the front row. We get to be honored to be called Pastor Brad's parents. If you like him, he's my son. If you haven't figured it out yet, he's his mom. She's his mom. All right. But, uh, but now we, we're very proud of Pastor Brad. They are in the Dominican Republic. Matter of fact, he was preaching at a church in the Dominican Republic this morning. Uh, we were communicating about 6 o'clock, and he said things are ahead of schedule there with the hopes on, and He's ministering the word there this morning, so uh, keep our team in prayer that's there. We're in the series uh, on name tags, uh, what, the, what the enemy is trying to use from your past to label you today in your present and in your future. And so Pastor Brad talked to me and he said, Dad, I really would like for you to uh, jump in here and, and deal with a topic that, that I've written a lot about, I've taught a lot on and preached a lot on, and he said, I really feel like it'll fit well here at the beginning, and Pastor Brad is taking us on the course of this journey on name tags, but he asked me to talk about the cause. What, what really does the enemy use to create these negative name tags that he wants to come and bring and use against us in our lives? So go with me to the book of Romans. It's all in your notes right there. The apostle Paul is speaking, and he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to talk to you today on this topic of thought attacks. Thought attacks, the battleground of our mind. How many knows the wars in your mind? You see, the number one battleground of spiritual and emotional warfare is the mind. Do you know that medical science can heal your physical body from a heart attack, but they can only medicate you from the damage caused by thought attacks? Let that sink in. Medical science can medicate, they they can come and heal you from a heart attack, but they can only medicate you through the damage caused from a thought attack. Try to endure and help you endure through the journey. But I I want to take us on a journey today of understanding this battle against our mind. Number one is the power of our thoughts. Proverbs, the book of wisdom says, For as a man or a woman thinks in their heart, so are they. What we think, we are. Mark said, For it is written from within, from inside, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, thoughts from out of the heart, thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All of these evils come from inside and defile a person. 
So when we deal with this thing called name tags, our thoughts identify and define who we really are. As a man thinks, so are we. They produce the outward manifestations of what's really going on inside of our heart and our mind. What you think inwardly, you become outwardly, and that's the name tag that you will wear. This is why changing location, I've watched this through uh, 42 years of ministry. Someone will come out of drug addiction, and, and they genuinely get set free, and then they go, i got to move from this town and go to another location because all my drug buddies are here. Or they come out of an abusive relationship and, and families around, and they'll go, well, I, I, I'm out of that, but I've got to move to another location so I can start over again. And a new location is not going to set you free. You're taking the same mentality, the same thought pattern, and you're just going to find new drug buddies and another person to abuse you. Because the issue is not your outward surrounding. The issue is the inward thoughts of your heart and your mind that are identifying who you are from your past experiences. Now, I'm getting ahead of the game, but the only thing Satan can use against you today is your past. He knows nothing about your future. And he's very good at his job. And so when we come and look at this, we see the power of our thoughts you see, but we, we must come and realize that if Satan wins the mind game, he wins the war. Many of us, we think ourselves into loneliness. We think ourselves into sickness. We think ourselves into fear, into poverty, into worthlessness, into anger, into unforgiveness, into defeat, even into depression, because what we think we are. The power of our thinking, but then it leads us into the position of our thinking. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul says, those who live according to the flesh, and I want you to notice how many times, five times in this passage, we see the word mind. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. So their outward manifestations of actions and deeds are a result of where their mind is at on the flesh. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, which means the enemy of God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Jesus said, and do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind, why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's break that down for a minute. When we understand the power of our thoughts, then we've got to come and see how do we establish the right foundation and pattern for our thoughts. And God comes in and he says, don't be conformed to the world. And the word conform there means don't comply or act in agreement with. Don't, don't, don't agree with what the world has to say. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Uh, choose to differ with that. Scripture says the old is gone and the new is here. I'm a new person in Christ Jesus, my Lord. He's saying don't, don't comply. Don't agree with what the world is saying. He says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, which means to change the condition or the character or the foundation of how you see yourself and how you think. 
How do you do that? By renewing, which means to start over again, to reestablish your way of thinking. And your mind is the substance or process that reasons, thinks, feels, wills, perceives, and judges. So he comes in and he says, the authority that is going to rule your mind is flesh or spirit. You choose which authority you're going to submit to, and that authority now dictates how you think and how you think you live and you identify yourself as. Are you with me today? Shake your head. You're real quiet. All right? Does that mean you're listening or I'm boring? I'm trying to figure it out. All right? And so we've got to come and understand that the enemy's number one battleground is our mind. And so we've got to come and find out, okay, how does God say I can overcome this battle and win this battle of the mind? And I do that. Don't listen to the experts of the world. They're still practicing physicians, but we have the physician, and he's telling us, be transformed, change the foundation of where you're going to build your thought life. You do that by reestablishing your way of thinking, and you set a new mindset, and how you see yourself in God is how you will walk out the rest of your life. But then he warns us about these things called pits of mental Darkness, And I want to take you there this morning because I believe this is where so much of the battle is taking place. And because we're ignorant of what's going on, we don't know how to fight there. But Ephesians 6, we see where God tells us about the armor of God. He says, first of all, that we want our waist girded with the, the belt of truth. We want the breastplate of righteousness on. We want to have our feet stable with the gospel of peace. Wear the helmet of salvation. Carry the sword of the Spirit. Are you with me? But then he does something that's very powerful. He says, but above all, even the word of God, he said, above all, take the shield of faith. And block off the fiery darts of the enemy. What are those fiery darts? Inflammable thoughts that the enemy wants to shoot into your mind. Knowing that if he can conquer your mind, he's conquered everything else about you. He's already got your feet. They're unstable. He's got your mind. It's unsure. He's got your heart. You don't know what to believe if he gets your mind. So Jesus comes in and says, above all the rest, get this shield of faith out. And every time the enemy comes to remind you of your past, the only thing he can use against you, you remind him of his future and you let him know the old is gone the new is here I'm a new person in Christ Jesus uh, do not allow the enemy one second back into your mind don't allow him to come and whisper where you come from you recognize where you are and where you're going in Christ Jesus today and say to him no longer I am a new person I'm the son of God I'm the daughter of God I've been adopted by heaven uh, my name's on the refrigerator of heaven's door and today you are special you are chosen you are called you are redeemed by the person of Jesus Christ and the price he paid on Calvary well we're trying you see no one can escape the battle of the mind not one of us every one of us fight it every one of us fight it come on are you with me all right but look at Jude 1, 6. And the angels who did not keep their position, one-third of the angels, when Satan rebelled against God in heaven and God kicked him out of heaven, the Bible says one-third of the angels rebelled against God with him. And here's what happened to them. 
And the angels who did not keep their position of authority, who abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. You see, these these demonic angels now are cast into this pit of darkness where they reside in this absolute place of darkness because they left voluntarily the light of heaven. The cause of spiritual darkness is not the absence of light. It's the absence of God who is light. By allowing our minds to dwell in dark places. Come on now, I want you to stay with me. Because where does the enemy want to take you every time offenses come, hurts come, disappointments come, failures come, abuse comes, accusations come. Every time these things come against us, where does the enemy try to take you? Right back to a place of deep pain where that he can bring you back into a mindset of defeat rather than a mindset of victory. A mindset of worthlessness rather than a mindset of of worth. He wants to come and attack you and he wants to bring you into these dark places. By allowing our minds to go into these dark places, we now open ourselves up to the demonic powers that are commanded by God to dwell there. Now I want you to listen to me because this question came up this week. You cannot have the Holy Spirit of heaven, a third of the Trinity living inside of you and a a demonic power access you. It is impossible. The only thing demonic powers can do against you is from the outside. You can't have two of the two opposite spirits dwelling inside of you. Come on, somebody. And the enemy wants to come, but he's always a roaring lion on the outside trying to intimidate and bring you back into a past walk of defeat. And he does that by bringing you into a pit of darkness where you can't see the light and now you feel like a victim again rather than a victor who you are in Christ Jesus and you become vulnerable to the enemy. But let me make this clear. Fallen angels are in a pit of darkness by command. We go there by choice. You need to write that one somewhere. (laughs) The angels of heaven went there by command of God. We go into our pit of darkness by choice because we don't have to because my weapons aren't carnal. They're mighty in God for the pulling down of the strongholds of the enemy that come against me. Anytime I go backwards, it's by choice. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to come and oppress your mind so much and get you so overwhelmed with hurts and wounds of the past that he can get you back into that pit of darkness where you become a victim again rather than a victor in Christ Jesus. Pastor Brad and I were trained several years ago in what's called theophostic counseling. And it's a counseling that goes past just dealing with the outward surface. It goes deep into find the root and cause of the issue. And let's pull that root out and get permanent healing, not a band-aid on a situation. And one of the things we were taught is that When you go through a trauma as an adult or you go through a deep pain or deep wound, you will go back to your greatest place of pain as a child. You will go back where you were hurt the most, the most traumatic pain in your life, and you will act out and respond out of the mentality that you were at that moment in your life. And a true example of that is when God took our grandson, Pastor Brad's son, if you don't know, he passed away, it would be almost five years ago, He was my buddy, man. He was supposed to be my hunting buddy. He was my only grandson. When he was born, I had him a four-wheeler, a bow, a rifle, camo. We're doing the woods together. 
But 18 months later, I'm holding him in a living room and I'm watching him on life support machines. And for three and a half years, I spent literally six, seven days a week for hours a day just holding my grandson. He became my life and my world. And I never thought that he was going to die. I believed that God was going to heal him. But when God took my grandson, I acted out of a 12-year-old experience of deep pain. And I shared it a few weeks ago, but at 12 years old, in Quincy, Florida, my grandmother lived there. And, and I would go out in the woods and shoot my BB gun. And I was out one day shooting my gun. And I walked in, and there was three black men raping a young black girl. And I'm saying black for a reason, so stay with me. And they were raping her, and I saw it, and I turned and ran, and one of them saw me, and he caught me, and they took me back, and they tied my hands behind my back, 12 years old, raised in a Christian home. Worst thing I'd ever looked at was a Sears magazine. If, you know, if you're over 50, you know what I'm talking about, all right? Totally protected. And now I'm tied to this tree, and I'm watching this girl scream and cry, and three men do everything possible to her. And then one of them went and found some wire and he pulled it out of the ground and put a lighter on it and got it red hot and began to stick it in my body. They laughed and mocked me while I screamed and cried as a 12-year-old. And another one took a pistol and took all the bullets out of the cylinder and put one in and three times spun it and stuck it in my mouth and pulled the trigger and played Russian roulette as I screamed and cried. And eventually they choked her until she wasn't moving or breathing anymore and they carried her off. And it took me a while and I finally untied myself and I went to my grandmother's house and from 12 to 38 I never told a person. And I grew up angry. And I grew up full of anger. I've never tasted alcohol. I don't want a beer taste like in my life. I've never done a drug outside of ibuprofen and Tylenol. I've been with one woman intimately in my 64 years, and she's on the front row. My drug was anger. Anger. And I responded to God when he took my grandson out of that 12-year-old experience. Not, not a grown man of 59 years I responded out of a 12-year-old mentality that said, you can't take him, he's mine. You're stealing my bicycle, you're taking my toy, you're taking something that's mine. And instead of realizing that God is good and God is sovereign and God is just and God is righteous and he knows what he's doing, I didn't respond that way as a preacher. I responded as a 12-year-old kid and said, you have no right to do this. He's mine. Are you with me? That's where the enemy wants to take us. When deep pain, deep hurt comes, he brings us and he wants to take us back to these deep, dark places of our deepest pain and rather responding out of something productive in this journey, I go back to a very negative, dark pit of pain and hurt and now the enemy has me right where he wants me and I have to relive that struggle and that journey again. Don't ever go back to the pit of darkness that God has already freed you from. Because you don't have to dwell there again. You ever wondered how popcorn is made out of that corn? You ever wondered? You see, inside of every kernel of corn, there is a microscopic drip, drop of water. You don't see it. You only know it's there. But inside of every kernel of corn, there's this microscopic little dot of water. And when you stick that bag of kernel corn inside that microwave, it heats it up to a point that that drip of water, microscopic, becomes steam and now that kernel can't handle the pressure of that steam and it busts wide open and it becomes something totally different it's a brand new product now that's desirable and usable and enjoyable and I tell you inside of every person in this room right now there's a lion deep inside of you that we just sing about 
And he's sitting in there. And what the world does is it puts us in this microwave of struggle and hurt and pain. And the heat's turned on. And we have a choice to make. I can go back into that dark pit of sadness and sorrow and victim mentality and hurt and pain. Or I can step up and say, God, let the fire burn. But inside of me, there's a lion about to burst forth. And I'm going to become something productive and useful and desirable. And I'm going to follow the light of who God is not live in a place of darkness and defeat and discouragement. Preaching's better than the amens, but we're going to keep on. <laughs> then there's the purpose of our struggle. Y'all with me? Yes. Purpose of our struggles in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, say every thought, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Strongholds. There's two. First, there's that place of bond, that stronghold where it's a place of bondage where we're held captive to our enemy a place where we find ourselves doing the very things that we hate and despise with no legitimate excuse for our behavior. We say we want to continue to live like, we don't want to continue to live like a victim, yet we keep making the decisions of a victim. We're in a place of a stronghold that's holding us captive to our past, but then there's a stronghold that's a place of refuge and safety. It's a place that protects us from the enemy that's on the outside trying to get in. Jesus declared to us, our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of our strongholds. Those areas of bondages where we have not been able to overcome. Psalms 18, the psalmist said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. He is my deliverer. Say deliverer. He's my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Remember that 12-year-old experience? Remember I said there were three black men? You know what the enemy was trying to do? He wasn't trying to kill me because he don't give a flip about me and he don't give a flip about you. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to kill my purpose. What's your purpose, this? He didn't want this. He didn't want to see this house of God with red, yellow, black, white. He didn't want to see this house with rich and poor. He didn't want to see this house with young and old. He was trying to kill a purpose. It wasn't three black men. It was three men that happened to be black. Are you with me today? And what I'm saying is the pain and the darkness and the suffering that the enemy has tried to bring against you to destroy you and kill you from childhood till today hasn't been to put you six foot under the dirt. It's been to kill God's purpose and God's plan for your life, to kill what God wants to do in you and through you. He doesn't want you affecting the kingdom of darkness and bringing in the kingdom of light. He wants to shut you down so that you're no longer effective in being who God has called and created you to be. He wants to wound you so bad that 
you don't see yourself as worthy to be used in the kingdom of God. But I'm here to tell you today that the enemy lost that battle because we hadn't even started here yet. You hear what I'm saying? And it's going to keep growing and getting bigger, not just for numbers, uh, but we're not just going to win people into the kingdom of Jesus. But I believe across this city, we're going to break through racial divide. We're going to break through social divide. We're going to break through all the things that have separated our community. And we're going to watch the word of God work uh, as he declared that it will work because we're no longer going to live as slaves to our past. We're no longer going to let our mind rule who we are. But we're going to declare today that I am who I am, that God says I am. And it happened. And then there's priority closing in our thinking. Philippians, the Apostle Paul again says, be anxious for nothing. Boy, that's so easy to say, isn't it? <laughs> be anxious for nothing. But you know what? If our mind's right, it's possible. If our thinking's right, it's possible. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, listen, will guard your hearts and your minds. The scriptures even say that the peace of God will soon crush Satan under our feet. The peace of God will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, things are noble, things are just, Things are pure. Things are lovely. Whatever things are good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. We must take all thoughts into captivity and intentionally dwell on the word of God and the promises that it provides for us today. Many of you know, most of you know, we lost our grandson as we just talked about, Brad, my Pastor Brad's little boy, Jabin. It was three and a half years of a mind game. Everything that I preached was challenged. Everything that I had preached, all those years of ministry, my theology just got ripped to shreds. I never thought that my grandson would die. I fasted. I prayed. I can't tell you the number of nights that I slept with him in the bed next to me and never closed my eyes other than to pray and weep in the presence of God, fasting, praying, interceding, praying in the spirit, praying in the flesh, praying every way that I can pray, believing with all of my heart that God was going to give me my grandson back. But he didn't. He took him. And I'm going to stand here and tell you and just be transparent with you. For over a year, I couldn't read this book because I didn't know if it was true or not. Did I waste all those years preaching something that wasn't even true? I, I had to walk through that. I had to work through that. I couldn't pray. It was like brass became heaven. Why pray to a God that don't answer anyway? Can I just be real with you? Anybody else been there? God gave my son a revelation that I didn't get. I was still acting like a 12-year-old, so I didn't get it. But he gave it to my son, and my son passed it on to me, and, and together we walked through this journey. I pastored my son all of his life, and then suddenly he began to pastor me. And he began to help me understand, and we began to walk through that journey together. 
But it was a journey of faith against fear, expectation against disappointment, confidence against confusion, certainty against uncertainty. And then Pastor Brad and I, we went to Psalms 139, and the psalmist said, I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous. Say it with me. Marvelous are your works, even taking my grandson. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. You see, I can dwell on the fact that Jabin's no longer with us, or I can stop and remember and dwell on the fact that my God is a sovereign God. He is a righteous God. He's a good God. He's a just God. And he created Jabin fearfully and wonderfully made. My scripture tells me that he knew all of Jabin's days before we ever saw one of them. He knew to the second when Jabin was going to leave this earth. And Jabin fulfilled his purpose on this earth. And today, havens are starting all over the country, across the nation, and churches, even in Israel, where they're dealing with, with children that have disabilities and special needs, where we're opening up the doors of the church. And they're all happening in Jabin's name because of the life that he lived. Hundreds of people were at a five-year-old boy's funeral that had never said but one word in his life. Life, and that was dad die one time and yet he's impacting the world today with a story that I was born with a purpose I, I don't understand everything that the journey brought me but I was born with a purpose and can I say to you today that the journey hadn't always been easy for you there's, journey, there's parts of that journey that are painful there's chapters in your book you wish to God you did not have to write but they have to be in that book to make your story whole and real so that other people people can read it and find hope and purpose in their journey as they walk through the same struggles that you walk through. And I'm here to tell you today that as we come and realize that God has saved us, redeemed us, bought us, purchased us, and he's got purpose in our life and destiny for us to achieve. And the enemy wants to shut that down by coming back against our mind and taking us backwards into those pits of darkness. But today we're going to take the word of God and say never again Satan never again Satan never again I am who he says I am and I close second time Psalms 91 a thousand may fall at your side and I want you somebody needs to get this word today straight from God red print a thousand may fall from your side, a ten thousand at your right hand, and it shall not come near you. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. He shall call upon me, and God said, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him, and I will show him my salvation. Every time the devil comes to take you back to an old name tag, I want you to stand up and remind him of who you are in Christ Jesus, uh, that you're a brand new creature in Christ. Uh, he has no hold on you. Uh, you're going forward in your destiny and your purpose in God. Do not give him one more second of your mind, of your thoughts, and who you are in Christ. Put on a new name tag. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you love us so much 
that you would give the greatest gift heaven had, and that was your son, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for drawing us to him. And today we thank you, Father, that you have loved us, and though our journey has not been without pain, confusion, hurt, disappointment, questions, unanswered questions, God, today we stand here knowing that, God, you have numbered our days. Nothing in our journey has caught you by surprise. You hold us in the palm of your hand. You love us. Right now, I I just want you, and we don't do this often. We want you to feel right at peace here. And if you don't feel comfortable doing this, please don't do it. There's no pressure at all. But if this message is for you right now, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and there's been a war against your mind, it's been an onslaught. The enemy's trying to take you back into that pit of darkness. Will you stand with me today? I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to say a thing to anybody. This is you telling God, I'm hearing you. I'm listening. I got it. So I just want to pray a prayer with you. A few Sundays ago in the third service, when we were preaching, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I, I closed everything, started to walk off. And the Holy Spirit, don't, don't dare. And, and the Lord brought a word that there was a demonic spirit of depression over the house and the suicide was in the house because I know what that feels like, that spirit feels like. Because when I went through that pit of darkness, I wound up three nights on the side of my bed with a 44 to my head with a hammer pulled back and the spirit of God wouldn't let me pull it. And, and it was an unfamiliar spirit to me at that point in my life, but then it became a familiar spirit. And the enemies tried to bring that spirit back against me at times in my life. But I know what it is now and I reject it. Come on, you with me? And in that altar, we made an altar call, and 80% of that congregation came forward. And a young lady came to me her first Sunday there, weeping, pouring, tears pouring down her face. And she said, I've been in an abusive situation. She said, it's gotten very horrible. And she she said, I told God yesterday that if I don't find him some way today, when I go home tonight, I'm taking my life. It's over. And God brought her a word. She's looking at me right now, and she's already gave me permission. I'm not exposing her. And she said, tell my story anytime you want to tell it. And she's sitting here today, a new person in Christ Jesus. What the enemy meant for evil, God made it good. Come on, somebody. And I'm here to tell you right now that that battle against your mind, we're going to pray over you right now. And I believe that if you'll take and receive the word of God today and take it home with you, I'm not going to tell you the warfare is going to end, but I'm going to tell you the fruit of that warfare against you is going to end. In Jesus' name, you begin to walk out who you are in Christ. Amen. Father, I ask you right now, God, that your hand will cover and touch every person that's standing in this building. Thank you, Lord, for their courage and their faith and their obedience to you right now to stand. And, Father, I pray over every mind of every person that's standing in this room. Father, I declare right now that your word will prevail. And that, God, that you will let the peace of God cover their heart and their mind. And the enemy will have no more access into our thought pattern, God. But that, Father, today we will throw up that shield of faith every time he comes back with a dart, an evil thought, a wicked thought, Lord, a negative thought. And we'll no longer give him access, Father. But today we declare, I am who you say I am. And we thank you, Lord, for your work on the cross in our heart today. And we will no longer live out the victim of our past. But today, God, we're stepping into the future of our destiny in you and the purpose of who you called us to be. We change name tags today, God. And we put on the name tag that declares who we are in Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. And the body said together, come on, amen. Amen. We're going to seal it in Jesus' name. 
If you're here, will you just bow your heads with me? And, and if you're sitting or standing, you say, Pastor Dan, I'm here today. And I'm going to be honest, man, I, this is all brand new to me. I know about God, but I don't know God right now. And, and boy, today I, I, in the worship, I felt him and, and the word. And, and I just need Jesus in my life today. I need to start over and start fresh with him. And I just want you to pray for me. If that's you right now, no one's looking around. This is just you and God right now. Would you just lift a hand up real quick and you can put it right back down. We're not going to take you anywhere, do anything. Wow, hands going up all over this building. There's 15, 20 hands being raised right now. Come on, church, pray with us. If that's you, don't you walk out of this building without the knowledge of Jesus and Him being the Lord of your life. He loves you and we love you so much. You can put your hand down and I want you to pray this prayer with me and, and the church is going to pray it with us so you don't feel alone. But let's pray it together. Say, Dear Jesus... I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess. I believe. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate, man. I mean, like 15, 20 hands were raised. Come on, let's really celebrate with the angels of heaven today. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.Life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.